Hello, welcome to the Cunning Plan podcast. I'm here today with David from MMU. Um, he's here today to talk to us all about graduates. A bit about yourself, so David, you're, you work at MMU. What's the name of the course that you work? So um, I'm the principal lecturer in digital marketing at Manchester Met, and um, I've set up a number of programmes around um, digital marketing. Um, I've been there since 2004. I was only supposed to be there for two years. Um, but I've never gone because I've been involved in a whole series of really interesting programmes. So I set up the UK's first MSc in digital marketing um, in 2007. Um, I've run units around the themes of digital comms and digital marketing since 2006, which were the reasons why I landed there. Um, and I taught a version of that unit every year since. And that fir- the first year I ran that undergraduate unit, there was 30 students on it. This year there are 147. Wow. So it's, uh, there's a, a, a real steep curve in, in the people who are, who are taking that unit. Um, so everything I do is about preparing uh, students for practice and work in the digital comms sector. We've read a number of articles about, you know, these are some of the kind of stats that we were hearing. 23% of employers say that grads are not ready for work. 53% say there's too much book learning in university. 40% um, they lack any sort of social skills. A, a pretty, you know, from businesses, mm. a pretty harsh indictment of, uh, of the type of grads that universities are, are putting out. Um, and, and again, it, it sort of, some of these stats, you know, that this was from, um, that was from All About Careers, uh, again, some CBI and Pearson research um, kind of broke down the different sectors and, yeah. and kind of how um, different sectors output students. So it's better than others and things like that. Yeah. What, what do you think um, is the cause of that kind of that general feeling? Because obviously that's we're grouping all employers together in that statement. But what do you think is causing that? Well, we're grouping all employers, but also grouping all graduates. Mm. And I think that um, not everyone goes to university to get a job, and that that's going to come as a bit of a shock to some people. That there are, I mean, and I'm quite happy for people to go to university and study something that isn't about getting a job. Other people will disagree about that. I work in a university which has a history of preparing people for work. Um, it was polytechnic at one time. Before that, there are a whole series of institutes. You know, we can look back as far as 1824 to see what we were doing, and it was about preparing the people of Manchester for for work. So you've got a mechanics institute, you've got various institutes of commerce, you've got the oldest purpose-built school of art. And that was about creating graphic designers. You yeah. know, those, those roles, were, they, they were all about real work and the skills that were required for those. And that, that work's carried on. I work in a business school. Um, I work in a department that's around marketing, retail and tourism. They're all vocational roles. And people come on those courses because they are interested in careers in those areas. And we provide them with a, I'll say, a rounded education. And it is education, not training. And I think that's one of the, the first areas to look at, where I prepare students so that they can arrive in work, but I'm also preparing them to be able to work for the rest of their lives. And the students pay me 
so I don't get money from anyone else. So, it, you know, the agenda thing is quite interesting. And I got a lot of employers saying to me, oh, I, none of the graduates are work ready. And I said, well, what have you paid? And historically, we paid a lot of money in our taxes that we're not trying to pay for universities. Now, students bear the debt. Mm. Um, and that's, that's, that's changed, a, changed a lot of the way that students think about coming to university. It hasn't stopped them coming. In fact, I thought there'd be fewer students this year. There are there are more. We're actually in a wow. bit of a dip demographically at the moment. Uh, we should have had fewer. We've got more. So more people are coming to university. People can see the value of getting skilled up for this next big economic wave that we're, we're going to be involved in, which is less about manual labour and much more about the, our, in, our intellectual labour. So it's a, it is a mixed bag because you've got different kinds of students coming out of university. But I'm very confident that the work I do is directed to making people employable, to making them desirable, and that all of the programmes we put in place are set up to do that. And I think a lot of institutions are like that. But I think there are going to be courses and students who aren't mm. because of the nature of what they've studied. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm probably going to speak out of turn here because I don't know anyone who does that. But if you... I, I don't know what kind of employability someone thinks about when they go and do uh, a course on English literature. And it's not to deny it's a valuable thing. If somebody wants to go and do English literature, that, that's, that's for them. Yeah. But I'm not sure how much Joe, who works here, uses archaeology degree, yeah. for example. I don't think he uses that a lot on a day-to-day basis. But I don't think that... Uh, I think one of the things that, that employers say to me is they can't do, and it's insert name of really difficult very operational new this year task but I can train them to think and I can train them to pick up new skills fairly quickly I also am giving them things that they can use from day one so I try and get these two things balanced it doesn't always work Mm. not everyone's receptive to that as a learner Um, and you know, I, I, I am doing something which I think is, is consistent and I'm confident that it works quite a lot of the time. But I've, I'm working with some raw materials and I don't always have control over the, the origins of those raw materials yeah. or, or ultimately what they'll turn into. So what do you think that, you know, that universities as a whole need to do more of the things that you know, the kind of things that you're doing, the techniques you're using to make people employable. And it's not, we talked about the course that they're doing, and I think yeah. that does the course you chose to do does speak a little bit to, yeah. you know, I went and did a law degree because yeah. you were supposed to go and do a degree, and yeah. that was kind of, I didn't necessarily want to be a lawyer, but you know, you would just sort of had to go and do a degree, so that was something I was interested in, so I did it. Um, and now it's very different. Now you're, you know, you really kind of you go and do a degree because you want to. You want to do that job in in theory, but but it's not just about the study, the subject you're studying. It's about the attitude, the social skills, yeah. the ability to go into a workplace and yeah. communicate with people, and you know, and, and things mm. like that. And you'll find, I mean, one of the things I we do is, you know, you you're forcing people into rooms with each other, and that's 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 started. We do a lot of group work. Students hate group work. Hated group work I because there is, you know, you, they feel they're going to be carrying a fifth wheel. Yeah. 
And yeah, in the real world, you're going to have to work with people, and some of those people are going to be less than helpful. Mm. Is the yep. But in the real world, the the, um, uh, the problems are different because you're being paid, whereas in a university environment, you are paying and you are trying to get your degree and the, the tension there is around the fact that the group work could be a problem in the achievement of that and I can see see that. So we're moving to a situation where if, if you are going to have group work, it's the group work itself that's being assessed. It's the ability to work in a team that will be assessed. So we'll be moving to more of those kind of, you're only going to work in a group when we want to assess your ability to work in a group. Okay. So around teamwork, around the ability to work as a team on a problem. And we've got our, um, units in our second year where students f solely focus on, say, a client brief. And it's about looking at how they perform. And our postgrad, we have a thing called a live client brief. And again, we look at how they perform collectively and respond to a problem and can can they see their own roles within that um, so those skills are not you, you can't say they are not being delivered mm -hmm. but ultimately it's up to a graduate to go out and, and be able to demonstrate that they have their skills or, or choose to demonstrate mm -hmm. but certainly from my perspective that's what we do and I think when I go and visit all the universities and I see people and what they do that that's definitely happening but I can't be sure that it's happening everywhere no. and I'm pretty sure it's not happening everywhere because we, we, we're still seeing the outputs of that yeah yeah I think we wouldn't we wouldn't be getting results like this mm. you know these surveys if, if it wasn't for the fact mm. that but, but I think there's also you know potentially a an unrealistic expectation from employers as well yeah um, I mean we've, we've talked in the, in the past about uh, the adverts I've seen which is graduate with experience required and you know somebody who's 20 or 21 the opportunities for experience are limited um, so we have programs where we've got year-long placements where people can go out and learn those skills and get those experiences but experience can only be provided by employers I can't provide experience um, and my biggest book is that I cannot teach SEO you have to go and do it yeah. and I can give some limited experiences of it but the place to do SEO is in the workplace and so we really encourage students to go on placements so that they get those experiences and then great placement students come back and they've got a different view in their final year about what they, they know what they're doing they know where they're heading they're very focused and, and so that, that's great and then that student will have that experience so if, if it's my job to provide graduates who are experienced, it's employers' jobs to provide that experience. To give the experience, yeah. How do you find that then the difference between an, a student that's gone and they've done that placement year um, versus a student who hasn't done that placement year? And also, do you ever find any challenges with that? In you know, Someone who's been into a business, they've done the job for a little while, mm. Do you ever find that rubs up against kind of some of the learning that they've had or that they're about to receive in their final year, the practicalities and the commercialities kind of? I think it's counterintuitive because one of the things I'm doing is I'm creating these things called critical thinkers. We know Elon Musk only employs critical <laughs> thinkers, so he, you know, that business recognizes the need for someone to be a trained thinker. I want someone when they come back from 
placement, I expect to be challenged because some of the things that I'm putting out to them, practices, ideas about how things work, I want them to say, well, that's not how it works at X. And I say, well, how does it work there? Why is it different to the, the perceived wisdom or the stuff that everyone else says they're doing? Mm. Why do you do it differently? And I don't find a problem. What I find is people realize now what they're learning in their final year. They know why. They, they, they go, now I get it. You know, yeah. that's, 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 that, and it gives them this focus and an understanding and they bring those experiences into their their work that they're doing with me, they can say, they can provide examples, they can create this critical thinking thing, they can create the argument saying, well, you know, it works there, but it doesn't work here. So I never, I never have a problem in that sense. What I've got is a more, a more focused thinker who's got experiences that they can draw on when they are producing their, their work. And you know the work that I provide them with I don't I don't get them to write essays they are predominantly producing proposals reports right. schemas diagrams campaigns they are doing practitioner work you know they might I'm asking them to you know as an example with my postgrads I ask them to optimize a page but they need to know why they're doing yeah. it and the why is what I'm, I'm often providing and uh, also they need to tell me the reasons why they've optimized the page in a certain way so on my organic and paid stuff, they will probably spend 100 hours optimizing one page, <laughs> yeah. which you're never going to do in the real world. No. But actually, they're doing more than just doing that one page. They are thinking of the, the, the fundamental principles behind yeah. SEO and what they need to think of in that specific context. Yeah. And what they're also doing with that is what you do you know, when you optimize a site over a period of time is you reach a point where you've done everything yeah. that you can do Yeah. so then what are you going to do next mm. to take it further so if you've only got that one page to focus on mm. once you've done you know, 10 hours you've like, you've, the fundamentals are pretty well covered at that point so you've got 90 mm. hours left to oh, yeah. figure mm. out what you're going to do you're going to get pretty creative in that time and, they do, they, and, they, and the other thing is, is that I've effectively created a laboratory for them and they're working on things that it doesn't matter if it doesn't work because this is the lab um, so they might spend a long time looking at that one page and then putting forward those suggestions to their client who may or may not take on board what they've said um, but what I've found is students have optimised pages as a, as a team and that client said I really like the difference you've made here because we, would, we didn't think about that Yeah. so one of the things that my uh, students do is they they rethink target audiences in many cases. If you want to, if you want to get some more traffic to your site, get some students to think about the audiences because they they think you know they haven't got our baggage. Yeah, they haven't got. Oh, we can't do it that no way. With that really? No why not? They're just they're just going to go. Why not? Why don't you do it that way? Have you? When was the last time you tried? Hmm. Um, or you've never done this, have you? And you will know. So give it a go. And then yeah. so they they rethink things uh, in in that sense and. I've had graduates, postgrads who've gone on to then maybe do their their dissertation. Again, in our place, dissertations are not going to the library, read all the books you can you can find. They are go and find a real problem with a real organisation and fix it. <laughs> and there are some books you'll need to read to understand how to fix it. So um, I've just had a student finish uh, a piece of work with a business that focuses on conversions. Right. And she's done a magnificent piece of work trying to help them understand 
how they work with their clients around conversion practice. And she had the space to do it. They've had no time to think about it. She's put forward these ideas and they're going, well, that, they're great because we'd never thought of that. We never had the time to think about that. She's had the experience of working in the, in, in the, the conversion sector and is, you know, really hot property now. And they all are when they do these practice-driven yeah. um, dissertations. They, they, they become accomplished, well, they become the experts in some cases in the field. Yeah. So what, what do you say to, the, you know, some of the things that, you know, the, the quotes I pulled out from some of the stuff I looked at, almost forget about the the work and the, what they yeah. learn and the practical stuff. Yeah. It, you know, we, we almost get into, we all talk about millennials and, you know, we were talking earlier that we're, you know, we're sort of done with millennials now and we're on to, yeah. was it Generation, Generation Z? Generation Z. Z now. These people, yeah. were, so your students were born in? So the students who joined us in September were born in 2000. That's so um, they've got no memory of 9-11. At all, they don't. They don't have a view of uh, a world that you know we're quite familiar with. They are in a world that's been you know digital has has been there always, and they are very comfortable with those environments. They are are quite canny. Um, my problem with those terms, Gen Z, millennials, and all that, is that that, that they. It's it's the worst form of segmentation ever. Yeah. It's know? a real broad. It is a real broad brush, and I, you it know we've all been yeah. guilty of, of administering that broad, that a- broad brush. Absolutely. Thing. But one thing that does certainly unite them is that the the digital world isn't an alien place. It's not yeah. like Mars. It's just one's well, just normal stuff. Yeah. This is, and there's an expectation that they will operate in that environment, and they are very very comfortable operating as as digital naturals mm. I don't like the word um, native digital native is this, that's one of those phrases yeah. that you hear a lot but. I'm a digital native and I'm 50 yeah oh, yeah it was it, I, I don't remember a, I don't remember a time when I didn't have you know there was a time like I had a job at some point briefly where we were faxing things mm. but it was brief you know we still had email at the yeah. time and stuff like that so, yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing that. So you know, some of the phrases people use that you know they, they talk about people not being able to communicate because mm. you know, this the, this nature of this being of digital being yeah. prevalent all the time. So they only know how to text. They don't like talking to people in the real mm. world. They won't pick up the phone. Those kind of challenges there. You know, entitled is a word you hear an enormous mm. amount when mm. it comes to people who are, you know. And I think there's a you know a bit of the fact that. A lot of the, you know, as you just said, your students have paid uh, quite a lot of money to get yeah. through your course, and at the end of that, I, you can understand where they might walk into a workplace and say, "Yeah, like I, you know, I just mm. spent three, four years paying to learn a lot of stuff. I, you know, I'm sort of owed." Mm. I think the the entire thing keeps coming up, and I'm and I, I I struggle to see that with the people I work with. Um, I work with a lot of students. We 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 are uh, we've spent a lot of time bringing people into university where they are the first person in their family, the first gen, they're called. And I don't recognise that sense of entitlement. Um, I recognise people who are are really keen to get into work, are keen to push themselves forward. 
and I see a lot of those students. Those students work very hard. They work part-time while they're studying. Mm. And when I went to university, I didn't have to work part-time. I did, I chose to, but I didn't have to. These students have to, to support themselves. Yes. You know, when you're paying 120 pounds a week rent, yeah, you know, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And you're already borrowing nine and a half thousand pounds a year just for the fees, never mind the living expenses. Yeah. You know how expensive it is to live. Yeah. I don't, you know, the, there is a, there is a, I don't see a sense of entitlement. What I see is, 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 a, is a, a need to make this work and for it to pay off mm. because it's a huge gamble that just as f- in fees alone could range between 27 to 36,000 pounds of fees. How often else in your life? even later on in your life do you think I'm going to invest £30,000 in something and hopefully it will work out Yeah, like, let mean, alone when you're 19 years old it's house you know. car and in between now yeah. is student debt yeah. and that's that's going to create a certain tension hmm. um, but I don't recognise entitlement what I recognise in is v- quick to work out what's important and what is not and I think that it's very easy to live in the past and make decisions around recruitment of, of employees around what's gone on in the past. The kind of universities you go to for employees, the kind of graduates that come out, the kind of employee that you want. You know, from a learning development point of view, from a HR point of view, you've got to just you know, think differently. Are you still t- trying to get the same people you were buying 30 years ago? And the madness is, is uh, you know, many of the employers I speak to now are millennials, <laughs> yeah. and they they are these people we're complaining about, and 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 I don't recognise those those ideas about you know entitlement. Um, what I do recognise is that that we've moved away from this traditional employer employee relationship like a supplier client relationship and actually there has to be a a change in the way you view a graduate as an employer they're almost like consumers because we need way more people than we're providing and you know there's an absolute shortage of of digitally competent communicators Um, and we, we can't we can't afford keep these very old attitudes which is going to really wind some people up but and, and uh, you know but you know I, I, I always have people come join me they say send me your best graduates and I go <laughs> are you the best company yeah because my my grads think maybe Google's the best company and I don't think you're Google but you're probably good enough for them to work for and they are good enough for you and it's this you've got to get into the good enough thing rather than the best thing everyone wants the best graduates and they're in the short supply but everyone is good enough mm. but it's about I think that you that people have to move away from some of the things that they think they're after but also start to look a bit wider than the pool that they've been looking in yeah um, well, it sounds to me like also fishing in the right pool as well you know yeah. understanding it's saying I want a graduate mm. you really you know saying I want a graduate from this course because I know this mm. you know I know this course I know the, who's teaching it I know what they're teaching 
I understand that rather than just going on oh, graduates are all a bunch of lazy entitled so and so's you know figure out what it is they're learning whilst they're doing it and then and then choose you know be the best possible place for them to work at I think hunting for talent is, is harder than it was 10 years ago harder than it was 20 years ago you've got to go out and get it it will not just rock up mm. um, if you build a job they will not fill it yeah that you have got to go out and pull these people in and it's a long supply chain and one of the things I say is if you're an employer what relationship do you have with the supply chain in the university so do you get involved in the education of these people you're a you're you know however big or small your organization is you're a brand how many people in that university know your brand why are you not hammering on the door of the people who deliver the learning for that program and get involved are you delivering lectures are you delivering workshops are you providing coaching are you providing mentorship support are you offering in, uh, you know any kind of placements are you offering projects are you are you on the advisory board for the curriculum are you offering prizes are you sponsoring students when I went to uni quite a few students had sponsorships they don't exist now they, very few people get sponsored yeah and you've got to think well if you're you know if you're out there and you're seen to be advocating people's futures inside the university mm. I know right now you'll stand out because you're one of the few people doing yeah. it yeah that's the reason you want people to be you want yeah. people to come in and be good at what you want them yeah. to do so be a be a part of what they learn absolutely that makes sense doesn't it and some firms have got this nailed and what they realise is they have to invest in this activity and it's it's a risk mm. it takes people out of the business it takes people time but you can't just leave it to fate you've got to get in early and get to the top of these you know this is classic marketing get the mind share yeah. of these people yeah. get ambassadors you know when people are interested in you you want them throwing their CVs <laughs> yeah, at you exactly. and they will because you might be one of the few people who's gone in and mm. taken an interest and students will always take note of somebody who's taken interest in them throughout their career who's done something for them as has been very, very visible. And it's quite interesting looking at who's very visible at our university. And the kind and you know, big and small, you know, big big organisations can do it. But actually I don't think that that's as helpful as a small organisation, for example, where you go in and literally deliver mm. perhaps an aspect of the curriculum. Yeah. Train people to do something that you would like them to be able to do if they joined your organisation. Yeah. Um and those are you know Lecturers find those things really useful because they bring the real world in, into the curriculum and demonstrate the relevance of everything else that's going on in there. So, is, from your point of view, let's assume that we've you know you're a business, you've employed a graduate, mm. um, you've got people, you've got people here, and maybe you're one of these businesses saying, oh, this person is not, you know, isn't delivering, they're not performing, they're not. What does a business need to do to? create the environment that ultimately and I appreciate it, not every graduate is going to succeed everywhere yeah, yeah. we're you know again with broad brush approach to this uh, whole process but but what do businesses need to do to help graduates to succeed I think obviously be involved early and I work with firms who say oh, we want to get involved in the first year so that by the time they literally leave the university they know about us and maybe they've ex had time with us that's not going to be the case for everyone so some people are going to arrive you know having never experienced that organisation before um, 
I think you have to think that what you've got is, is quite raw talent and you will have to train up people in the way of doing things too. I always remember that there was, a, there was always a big commotion about students leaving university and not knowing how to use Photoshop. Have you seen how expensive Photoshop is? <laughs> you know, if we got every student a license for that, we wouldn't be able to afford to teach them. But actually, Photoshop is a, an operational tool which evolves regularly. But what if you're an organisation that doesn't use Photoshop? If somebody learned how to use Photoshop, there's no point mm. for an organisation do, that doesn't use it. And plenty of organisations from a graphic design point choose not to. What will give them is principles that allow them to drop into any of those tools within you know, a small amount of training and then be able to use it. There's no point in me training someone out to use Photoshop but then giving them no graphic design stuff behind it. Yeah. Well, it's, I, yeah, it's, all, it's, it's no good yeah. being able to use... It's just a piece of software. It's no good. If you don't know what you want to do with it, yeah. then you know, if you're not creative enough or you don't have some sort of idea of the mechanic of what you want to achieve... Yeah, it's, it's pointless. And universities aren't for training; they're for education. Training is a day. Yeah, and education is a, is over a period of time in which a person grows intellectually, and it's that growth that you should be recruiting for: the ability to think critically, the ability to know how to make decisions, the ability to be able to pick up skills quickly in technical things. But. You know, if you just want somebody like who's an AdWords trained professional, go and get someone off an AdWords course. But what you're going to get from me is somebody who can pick up AdWords quickly, and they know why, mm. and they know why not. And and I think that I mean I, I hide underneath the digital marketing veneer critical thinking. Yeah. And I don't I don't mention it very often, but you want people who are discriminating, who are uh, creative who are able to see past the, the sort of shiny and get into the, 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 the crux of a problem and come up with solutions mm-hmm. and know where they came from. And now we have this, this whole idea that we can do this with a digital marketing framework for, for, for my students. So they come out with those two sets, I'm a digital marketer who can think, mm. as opposed to I'm just somebody who does AdWords. Yeah, and that's all. You know, what more do you? You know, what more do we want as an agency? What more do our clients want? That's what they yeah. want from us. Is for us to challenge, is for us to question, is for us to think about the problem and provide them with a solution. And that's yeah. you know, So I think the environments that people need to create are ones where you're picking you're picking someone who's trained to think and is critical and has some skills. So have a pathway into your organisation that allows them to get up to speed with the the day job if they aren't already doing it and have arrived with you. You can't just drop people, whether they've had 50 years experience or five minutes experience, into something in an organisation and expect them to be immediately valuable. Mm. Um, so you've got to re- really think about what value do you want this person to create within a month, six months and a year. And people learn very fast. And I think you've got to accept that training has to happen I, I do believe and I'm sure I'm going to get shot down in flames for this, there are organisations that do not invest in their staff and we know, we know we've seen them mm. and they're talked about and they're talked about on environments like Glassdoor and on the various social media platforms 
So there may be a reason why you're not getting those the right people because people have heard about you, yeah. and then that's affecting the kind of people who are applying. Um, if you've never been on Glassdoor, it's an eye opener, and I, you know, I would you check your own organisation out. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's effectively, it's, people are reviewing you. Mm. You know, and you're rating your organisation for its ability to employ people. You know, the tables turned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've got to create that environment for new recruits to arrive in. That is focused on getting the most. You have to invest in them to get the most out of them. But you're not investing in an empty vessel. You have got something that that has the capability to move into that quite quickly but use you know use your recruitment process I mean it's if you, I am disturbed by some recruitment processes in that if you aren't recruiting wisely if you aren't you know doing a proper recruitment process that there's a reason why you're not getting the right people write job ads correctly be very clear about what you want look you know look for things like the organisation fit the cultural fit um, look at the, the how realistic are you about what you want someone to achieve on day one mm. like I say that the graduate with experience thing um, if someone's got experience they know exactly where they can go with that yeah, and it might not be your organisation. Yeah. yeah, I think you do. You have to be realistic don't yeah. you, about that. You know, the size that you are and what you have to offer, and you, you can't just yeah. oh, we're the greatest things in sliced bread. So therefore, everyone should want to come here. You have to be you have yeah. to be realistic in your approach. And they are discerning those graduates. They're very discerning in who they'll work for, and some organisations are feeling the brunt of that. You know, there are some qualities of millennials. You know, they are they are concerned about the environment. I'm concerned about the environment. But they, they, they are making decisions about who they'll work for. And, you know, to some extent, that interview, they might be interviewing you. Um, which well, is, I think anybody that goes into any sort of interview yeah. without that attitude is pretty foolish. You know, that's your, you've got to assume that as, a, you know, as an interviewer, yeah. I'm assuming that every person that walks in the door is going to be the best possible person and I want mm. them to think that we're a great place to work. Mm. And I think anybody that goes in with that sort of bullish um, attitude of you know apprentice style interviews is not you know is potentially going to scare off someone that could be your best possible employee but if you want that experience you have to provide it there's a social contract here is if you you cannot demand graduates with experience if you're not providing those experiences I'm going to say something really out controversial you can't have internships that are unpaid now, I hear quite a lot. Well, I did one when I was at uni, and and I said that's fine. But you know, you came, you went to a certain university, you came from a certain background, you were it was a, you know, possible for you to do that. Mm. Just this, just literally our last podcast, we met Simon, who's just joined us. Yeah. We went to MMU. He was part of five people, I think, that got to the final stage for an unpaid internship at TBWA, I think it was, yeah. and you know, that's a lot of competition for a job that doesn't pay you any money. Yeah. And ironically, the research around unpaid internships is not helpful because you're less likely to get a job as a result of having an unpaid internship than if you simply did nothing at all. Really? Why do you think that is? 
Well, there is a view perhaps that maybe you're not, you don't value yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually there's a view that maybe there are people who can't afford to take unpaid internships. And actually they are quite talented, so they look for other routes to, to do that. I don't think that anyone who has ever worked at McDonald's has n- no ability to deal with customers. I think, you know, it's a great training ground. You know, that mm. Friday night in McDonald's, you learn to deal with a lot yeah, of situations, yeah. handle people, deal with things. And, you know, it's, you know, it's give experiences. If you, for example, offer a paid internship, you're going to open up an opportunity to somebody who isn't in a financial position to work for nothing. Mm. So you're opening the talent pool up. So I work with, you know, a lot of students who've come from, you know, tough backgrounds, tough parts of Manchester. They might be the first person to go to university in their street, in their family. They're not in a position to not work. So if you can say, well, you're studying in that subject, that subject naturally leads to our industry. We'd like you to work one or two days a week for money in our industry so you get those skills that we are asking for in our job adverts. It's an investment, it's a risk, but it's not a considerable risk. I used to joke that there were companies who spent more on the flowers in their reception than they did on a day's wage for an internship. That's crazy, yeah. And that, you know, stick your intern in the reception and say, look, that's why our money's going, not in flowers, but in actual humans. I think there's also an expectation as well from a business, if I've got an intern that is here and they're not paying for them, so, you know, if they're doing a good job or they're not doing a good job, how much do I really care about that? I don't know, because ultimately they're not paying for them. So if they yeah. do a little bit, then it's all right. Whereas yeah. as soon as you're paying someone... There's a different you're contract. Yeah, it's yeah. a different... Yeah, they're getting paid, so they mm. feel a sense mm. that they actually do need mm. to do something because they're getting paid for it. And, you know, likewise, you drive them because you know you're paying them something. And I think it's really valuable. You, you're, you're widening the kind of talent pool that you can look at. They're, they're good road tests. You can see what someone's like from a person personal perspective. And actually, if you're paying somebody for a day's work, you might take the investment more seriously yeah. and make sure that they um, get the kind of development they need to be able to at least give you something back. One last question then before we uh, before we go. You know, probably you know better than anyone how to relate to you know a lot of the younger people that are coming through universities. How should businesses motivate those people? The ones that again say here they they you know. This you know this phrase of entitled they're kind of lethargic they're not energized and whatever else what what do people in you know what do employers need to be doing and giving these people to get them g'd up and focused on success um, rip out the ball pit get rid of that fridge full of beers because actually they're interesting but that's not what interesting what people are interested in is money <laughs> and you can it, it's important yep I'm getting around it. What training and development will I get while I'm here? What interesting things will I be working on? What other people like? Are you, have you got interesting people to work with? But have clear routes around succession planning. You know, if I'm here for a certain period of time, what can I expect in terms of promotion? Um, what's your pension plan? That, p- people are asking that question. You know, that's more important than ball pits. Work that people enjoy, 
that they are proud of and can be proud of. Those, those are really important things that, that, that employers need to look at. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, David. I really appreciate you coming in today. Um, I hope you found that interesting. Like as David says, get in touch with your local university. You know, if you're an agency or you're a business and you want to, you know, you want to get better graduates, you want to be, you know, improve these statistics. It sounds like the simple thing to do is work closely with the university be part of the process instead of someone that complains about the end result of it talk to us about offering one day internships through our agency life program that's specifically for students around marketing retail uh, advertising uh, digital um, provide projects for us we, we always need them um, we have our full-time MSc in digital marketing comms that's a great program if you've done a degree and you're one of these people that so you do, can't do anything. Um, I was one of those people once I did a degree, first thing I had to do was go into another one where I actually learned Learn things. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. um, so, you know, we've got this digital marketing comms program and about half the people on that are from degrees like geography, English, archaeology uh, and so on. Um, we're just launching a, a globally learning um, digital marketing masters for people who are already in work and have been in the, say the business for say 5, 10, 15 years and need to move to more of a digital right. focus around what they do or they might be a very specialist niche digital player and they need to have a more broader understanding right, of, yeah. of that role um, and that's actually starting next month but obviously that's going to be a programme that rolls and rolls and rolls um, but it's all about, I mean, we have a massive, massive shortage of entry-level, junior, mid-level and senior digital people. And I'm doing my damnedest to get them out <laughs> fast enough. But the demand increases yeah. faster than the speed of, of production. So those people are really hot property. And they are, they are literally falling out of the university and into roles mm. with organisations because they recognise the university they've come from. A lot of people know who I am and what I've been doing, and they're going, that's exactly what I've been asking for. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.